Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mike on the Mic. I'm your host, Michael Cake. This is the fourth podcast of my series with Farming Smarter. Today, I'm joined by Second Opinion Consulting's Andre LeCousier. Andre, how are you doing today? Really good. Uh, before I get into the field report talk with you, could you talk about a bit about yourself here? Yeah, well, I've been in the industry since 1979, not trying to age myself at all, but I started working with Saskatchewan Wheat Pool and AgPro back then, and I was involved in uh, both uh, grain marketing and uh, input, you know, with inputs and crop production. And so I was with them for 27 years, and then we started a company called Second Opinion Consulting here in Vulcan, Alberta in 2007, and uh, it's been going really good ever since. And what we do here is we work with farmers from... I would say from beginning to end, where we started working with fertility programs, and then we worked with, you know, crop scouting and agronomy, um, and then we've also, because of some of my background, I've got a few clients I still do some grain marketing with, and work with them through uh, crop budgets and uh, things like that. So I'm also uh, an advisor with uh, an insurance company that does some agriculture insurance, and uh, yeah, so I got a full plate of things that goes on over here, and. Our company has three agronomists and, and an admin, and um, it's more of a family company. So my son and my wife are both part of the company, and we have another agronomist that uh, is on our team. So that's kind of us in a nutshell. And what kind of got you into agriculture? You know, I grew up on a family farm, and I, uh, you know, when things were going the way they were, there was uh, my dad and his two brothers, and we kind of uh, couldn't see where I could make it just on farming alone. So then I got involved with Saskatchewan Wheat Pool and uh, just love agriculture. I just love the fact that the whole industry of it, the ever-changing things that go with it. And, you know, I like growing things. I like seeing things grow and, yeah, enjoy the, the whole atmosphere and environment of agriculture. What would you say your favorite thing to grow is? The favorite thing to grow? <laughs> well, this year I would have said spring wheat because I've never seen such beautiful crops as I have seen as I saw with spring wheat. Um, but, you know, in general, you know, the crops here that we grow in uh, southern Alberta, um, you're always, there's always some new things that come along, new challenges, new changes and varieties. And it's just the general idea of running a good uh, crop uh, rotation and seeing how things perform. So, you know, I don't have a real favorite, but, um, you know, I do like uh, working with uh, Southern agriculture and the crops that we grow down here. And what would you say your favorite part of your job is? You know, the people and the people that I work with, you know, the clients that I have, uh, just to be part of their operation. And, you know, some of these clients that I've been working for, I've been, you know, I've been working with them when I came into Balkan area in 2000. And so, you know, it's been 20 years I've been working with these guys and uh, you get to know their operations or families and, uh, you know, and we're, we're part of, we feel part of a team and, and uh, I really enjoy that. And I really enjoy like this year, we finally had um, a good crop after four years of drought and, uh, you know, just be able to you know, kind of celebrate with these guys and say, hey, you know what, we finally got something that's really good. And, and it's good to see the results and, uh, you know, how people's reaction to good results are. So I, I think that's the very best part of it all is, is the people. All right, so let's kind of move on into what we're going to talk about with the topic is obviously agronomy. Uh, can you kind of tell the audience what an agronomist does? Well, it's... Um, I think what it does is uh, my my short definition of an agronomist is it just takes some of the technology and technical things about growing a crop 
and in putting them in layman's terms and uh, you know being able to present plans and fertility plans and and be able to discuss it in in terms that um, you know the producers can understand to uh, help them make better decisions and to uh, help them grow the best crop they can then work with them to deal with any issues that come along so agronomists seem I guess in my job right now seems to have a knowledge in uh, a lot of little things that help the farmer you know make their decisions and keep moving forward in, in a positive manner so it's kind of the short definition that I have about an agronomist and sorry I'm a little thrown off my dog is currently barking in the background what, st- <laughs> what stood out as unusual in 2020 in the fields that you visited well there was a number of things this year I mean like I said, we go from beginning to end and, you know, we worked with a lot of guys and we've been um, working a lot with, you know, with phosphorus and stuff with some of our producers and just to see the results of some of that coming through, that was quite interesting. Um, to see this year, we had the germinations that were just phenomenal with our crops, you know, guys, just the plant stands were, were above and beyond what we had targeted for. Um, for the most part, we had some good moisture last fall and we had some good moisture again this spring early and you know we were four years of drought and it just seemed like the ground came alive and man she just took off and there was some pretty amazing things with that that you know when you got to see the crops stands and how good the crop was looking for the most part of the year. Um, Some of the other surprises that maybe weren't so good was uh, the amount of flea beetles we had. That was unbelievable. Um, I've Worked with, you know, in northern Alberta and Saskatchewan before I came down to Vulcan and, you know, we dealt with flea beetles, but just never seen flush after flush of flea beetles like I've seen this year. You know, on the other side of the coin, every year we've been dealing with um, uh, cabbage seed pod weevil and this year we hardly saw any. So, you know, there was some really good and bad things about it, but that was quite surprising just how some of the insects came. We have more than our fair share of grasshoppers again, but that's been building up over a bit of time. As far as uh, some other things that happened there is that we hardly had any wild oats when we were scouting in crop. It seemed that they came a little bit later after, you know, the second or third rain. But we had flush after flush of kochia this year, and it became, it was a real problem. It was probably the, one of the worst years I've seen with kochia right from the beginning when we thought we did a really good job with the pre-burn, but then we just seen to see uh, another flush of kosha come and then we spray in crop and then another flush come. And that was quite surprising how much that came up, but in some ways was to be expected. Some other things that I thought was amazing was the wheat crops were just outstanding, I think, for the year and lentil crops. They were, the canopies of both them crops were absolutely phenomenal. Same with barley and durum for the most part. But that long stretch of heat there seemed to affect the barley derm a lot more than it did the lentils and the and the spring wheat. I've never seen so much growth in a pea crop and um, maybe not get the bushels that we thought we were going to get. So, so there was a lot of things this year that really, you know, we went from really good starting in moisture and then we got some heat and it was really interesting to see how certain crops could come through all that. On a long time for this, <laughs> what I've seen this year. <laughs> I mean, feel free if you want to talk, keep going if you want to. Well, we, we, we encourage farmers to try different things all the time. We, we, we tell them that they're the biggest research farm in Western Canada. And, you know, we did some different plots. Um, you know, we saw um, a better than average response in fungicides for the most part. We sprayed in response to, we had some particular areas that had some rust. 
which doesn't happen every year, but it was good to see how certain varieties would manage rust and other varieties not so much. That was kind of interesting to see. We also did some manipulator plots versus, you know, non, and then there's um, some new products that are coming out that we compared together where we, you know, we had some good results. Uh, we did a lot of canola trials this year with, you know, in crop and like we were basically doing a minimum 40 acre strips of canola. So we tried different roundup varieties and different Liberty Link varieties were, you know, against each other and just to see, you know, how they, they came up. And then got interesting more at the end, um, some of the straight cut varieties that how some of the varieties seem to look really good. And I mean, you try to, to harvest them and they stayed green a little longer than we expected. And then we got some varieties that showed, um, they were, looked like they're pretty green, but when you went to harvest them, they were, they would seem to go through pretty good. So, you know, there's a number of things that we tried to do. We did some phosphorus trials again, and it's, we've been doing phosphorus trials for three years and uh, we're um, becoming more and more convinced the value of phosphate and versus even when your soil tests look fairly good, how much more, you know, the value of phosphate is. So, so then were some of the main key areas that we were working with this year to try to, you know, we work with our clients in a, in a close manner that way to try to find results on their own farm. So yeah, there was, there was a lot of things going on here. And what did you see this year that you want to warn people about for 2021? Well, I think that um, one of the big things that I like to, you know, like to, to, I guess, you know, to all the producers to maintain their crop rotations. I think that, um, you know, when you're looking at a crop rotation, you're looking at, at several things. You're looking at fertility, you're looking at, you know, the resistance factor. And also we work a little bit with marketing. So, you know, just to gives you a better balance. Um, but we found that, um, you know, doing soil tests, you know, and, and following soil tests for a number of years and seeing how the land's responding to different types of uh, nutrients that you apply. I think you should always keep soil testing into the game. Some of the pitfalls that I think you're going to see this spring is we're going to see a lot of flea beetles. I have not seen flea beetles like this ever in my whole career since I've been coming on well over 35 years. And, uh, you know, even this fall, when you're looking out there, you know, earlier this fall, you just seen flea beetles and flea beetles and flea beetles. So we're going to have a problem, big problem in the spring with uh, flea beetles. And yeah, and, and you know, same with uh, grasshoppers. We're probably going to see in certain areas where there's going to be a large, large number of grasshoppers where people might have to look at. So those are some of the key things that I would, you know, suggest that uh, farmers keep and, you know, be aware of in that. I haven't seen much as what I would say bad disease. Like we haven't had an experience with club root, thank God, in this country here so far. I'm mean, not saying that, you know, it isn't there, but uh, so far we've been fortunate not to find any, you know, the normal disease spectrum coming up, like, you know, was seeing maybe a little bit more black leg and canola, but not to extremes even on a good year. And I guess there's one more that I got to, you know, where we got to look at is wireworm. It's taken a lot more from different crops and we've done some trials this year with wireworm where we were with the different seed treatments and stuff to see where they were. There wasn't a lot of difference between the seed treatments, but um, what we found where we didn't have seed treatment um, for wireworm, we had some big issues. So um, yeah, so there were some of the, the, you know, the warnings that I would maybe look for for next year when you're looking at it uh, going forward. And what do you think could change five years from now, both positively and negatively with these farmers? I think, you know, I think we're going to get a better understanding. You know, you know, we've got to give um, 
the farmers a lot of uh, credit for the flexibility that they do show. You know, when we look at the, the different things on political side of things, when it comes down to their marketing and stuff, and, you know, I always just suggest to keep, you know, more than just a couple crops in your rotation so that you have that flexibility to market and they're becoming better at it. I think that what's happening there with guys are becoming more and more businessmen and they're making more business decisions. And I think that's going to help their operations all the way through. Um, I think what they, you know, what we want to watch out for in the next five years is, is how we're um, managing our fertility programs. Um, there's products out there, like, I mean, there's crops, you know, we got to start looking at the phosphorus and the potash probably in a little more detail and find out where your trend is going. Are you going up? Or are you going down? We're pushing varieties a lot with pushing, you know, yield. And when we do that, you know, we're, we're taking a lot more out of the soil. So it's just to be mindful and know where your soil is going. And, and, you know, your best way to do that is go back and see what your trends were over the last five years or 10 years. And yeah, we see a lot of downward trends in, in certain nutrients that, you know, guys have to pay attention to. My other thing I think in the next five years is going to, you know, I think farmers should pay a lot of attention to the plant breeders, whites, and, and you know, all the seed industry because, um, you know, we don't want to get handcuffed where we're only going to be able to do so many limited varieties and stuff. So, you know, I think farmers should be aware of that in the next five years of all the stuff that's changing in that part of the industry. So, you know, to, uh, you know, just so that we can keep, um, you know, a variability going for what we want to plant and we don't get limited to it. And weed resistance is always going to be a key factor. I mean, it does concern us. We do have group nine and group two kosher in our area and hoping to get some more tests done for group four in our area to see if we have any more resistance with kosha but it's uh something that always should be in the next guys always in the you know every year not even just from now but you know five ten fifteen years so so if i you know to sum it up in kind of thing is you know i think farmers are really doing a good job of, of becoming better marketers they're becoming more and more efficient with their their equipment i think they're learning technology really well they're using the, the technology you know a lot more than i think a lot of other industries are and then on the same time you know when we're uh when we're, you know, producing and trying to produce better crops, you know, be, be, be aware of, uh, you know, your nutrient program a lot more and what your, you know, you're still your chemical rotations and what we're going to seed. Because, you know, I do believe strongly that there's certain varieties that fit certain areas better when it comes down to what kind of crops you choose and do. And I think that that's something, you know, that we haven't paid a lot of attention to. We'll grow crops, you know, the same variety for five, six, seven years when, Maybe we should be looking at that mixture that we don't get, kind of get caught where they they um, say, okay, we're not going to be taking this variety of wheat anymore. Like this happened in the last couple of years. So, so yeah, just a few things to be aware of there. All right. I have one last question for you here. Sure. How did COVID-19 affect your job and how do you think it could affect what you see next year? Because people might, might not be able to have that same crop management. Well, I think, you know, as, as far as my company, we did shut our doors. I mean, we're, we're exposed to a lot of different people for, you know, when it comes down to talking to them about, you know, crop plans and, and uh, working through different scenarios of what they want to do in their operations, or, you know, whether we're budgeting or working through, you know, some marketing plans or, you know, sitting down with them and say, here's your fertility program for the year. Um, you know, we had to be careful when out in the fields, you know, we respectively asked our farmers just to if you came out into the fields there, you know, we kept a social distance away from them to, you know, but we still want to discuss them. As far as COVID, we did, uh, we were, did have all my staff work from home when we first um, did so that we could understand what was going on. 
But I also believe that a lot of the farmers are, you know, becoming more and more respectful to what we're doing. We both want the same goal, and that is to work together to find the solutions and the best results. And it's just a little difficult sometimes to be out in the field, not to be able to show, get on your, you know, get down to the ground and dig some dirt and say, here you are, this is what it is. Um, sometimes that's a difficult not to be able to, uh, to be there with the guys at times. But at the same time, we've been doing a lot more um, Zoom calls and stuff with farmers and uh, going through their crop plans and stuff to help them get through all this and, you know, and uh, try not to disrupt too much of their operations. So. So it's made some changes, but, uh, you know, I think we're, like I said again earlier, that I think farmers are very flexible, and I think that they are, are managing very well through most of this. So, All right. Before I let you go, is there anything you'd like to promote or anything else you'd like to say? I just, like, you know, I want the farmers to be safe out there. I mean, when they're finishing harvest, they're getting to be the last few, you know, days or a week or so that they're coming is kind of when you get tired. And also, you know, with... With the COVID, I still think that, you know, everybody should be respectful of it and, and, you know, we'll work together with the people that you normally do in your operations and stuff, you know, just respect the way we go. And, and I think we'll get through all this. I appreciate working in the industry very much. And, um, you know, I think that my uh, experiences have been really good with the people I work with. And, you know, we just always hope for the best that everybody kind of gets through these different times. But then at the same time, you know, be aware, you know, be safe at the end of the harvest here because that's sometimes when accidents happen and stuff. So guys be, you know, be careful out there. Perfect. And that is going to be all we have for today's podcast. Thank you, Andre, for joining me today. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you all for listening and and tune in next week to hear about digital events and more in my interview with Jamie and Morton. Thank you guys again for listening and we'll see you all later.